Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, thank you. Let's go ahead and lift our hands and worship the Lord for a moment. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Lord, even though we come and assemble at this place, this nice building that you provided for Victory Church, we thank you, Lord God, that you are here, and that's the whole reason why we're here. And Lord, we ask you now to move through the hearts and lives of everyone here. Open our hearts and minds to something other than maybe what we've known. Lord, expand our vision for what we can experience with you, what we should receive. And Lord God, renew faith in individuals here that possibly have gone on for a long time without seeing what they should see. And Lord, we just believe and trust you for wonderful things to happen, even in the physical body here today. I thank you, Lord, for miracles, Lord God, in the chest. I thank you, miracles in the heart, miracles in the blood system. Lord, I thank you for, for doing a work in the throat and in the eyes and the ears. And thank you, Lord, for our digestive systems being healed today. Give you praise, Lord, for bones and joints and muscles being tuned up, Lord, and all the nerve endings, Lord, being perfectly in shape, Lord, no more neuropathy. I thank you, Father God, for healing and deliverance in Jesus' name, no matter what it is, of what sort or what kind. We're just prone to believe that you can do more than we've ever seen before. We're excited, Lord God, and we trust your word will enlighten us and cause us to just see bigger, think bigger. And then, Lord God, before we leave this place, we'll thank you for the miraculous in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, it's good to be with you. Always good to be here. This is kind of like one of the home churches that I have around the country where when I come, I feel very much at home. I don't have to work hard to feel that way. Everyone just makes you feel that way from the moment you're here. And uh, for a traveling guy, that's really great, just to let you know. Um, you know, some places you go and they stare at you for half the meeting, and uh, you can tell they haven't necessarily accepted you yet. So you're still being stared at. So it's nice to be here where um, I know if you're staring, it's not because you don't accept me. Uh, right? We'll work on that, I guess. Maybe it's been too long since I've been here. All right. So uh, it's great to be with my friends. Um, your pastors are just wonderful people, and they're great friends of mine. And so to hang out with them for a little bit is... Uh, uh, worth half the trip. The other half is to be with you. So this morning, let's go ahead and believe the Lord for some great things to happen. Amen. You know, we preach a lot. We talk a lot. And sometimes we try to do a lot, but maybe we should just give ourselves a few moments to just believe what we preached and believe what we believe. You know, when you believe something, it means you're involved. Amen? can't really say I believe in that and not be involved because then you really don't believe in it. So we might need to just give ourselves a few seconds here today as we minister just to let you believe so you can get involved and we can see God touch your life. You know, I, I, I share this as a means of encouragement, but over the last four or five um, places I've been to, uh, the results have been off the chart. Really, really, really cool. Um, one of the churches, we had at least 90% instantaneous healings, and uh, we probably prayed for close to 30 people. And so think about it. If everyone's having, the majority of the people are having tears and, oh, my God, experiences and people coming up and hugging them because their body was healed and whole, and by the time you get to the 20th or 25th person, what do you think they're thinking? 
like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is my day, you know? Well, it's always our day. We've just, we've just uh, allowed religion and tradition to rob us of what should be experienced as though it were normal, right? And we've looked at it more as though, oh my gosh, this is my lucky day. Well, no, it's not your lucky day. It's just every day. Every day is a lucky day. Every day is a good day. Every day is a God day. And God never has changed. And the only one that's changed is religion and tradition, and they've taught us to change and to see things differently. So today I just ask you to just let go of, of what prior thoughts you've had about maybe your situation. And uh, it's very possible, you know, you've, you've kind of drawn back to the point of saying, well, I'm just believing that, you know, someday it'll, it'll, it'll get better and, and I'm in the process. Well, why don't you speed up the process today and just get healed? Huh? Why don't you just walk out of here well? So you can go back to your doctor and he says, what happened to you? What did you do? And you say, well, I went to church. Well, that's nice, but what did you do? <laughs> you can tell him, well, at church is where I received my healing. Jesus is the surgeon, great surgeon. He's the great healer, and, and I was made well. Amen. So in a few moments, we'll minister to you. But before we do that, uh, let me just share. We have this little white book here. Uh, it's called Identity Crisis. And the first crisis is there's nothing on the cover. <laughs> You know, we, we worked and worked and worked to try to get our very, very nice, costly cover to work with this book with Amazon, and it just wouldn't work. And uh, we got tired of trying to get them to return a call when they said they would so that we could work through it. So we just said, I'll tell you what, just make it white and plain, and that can be actually the crisis right there. <laughs> So, but you know what? No one has minded, and uh, this actually turned out to be really good. Really, most people say they can read it within either one setting or just two settings, get through it. Um, I think it has about 123 pages, um, but just super easy reading. But um, I think you'll find this to be uh, something that maybe you'd want to give to someone that got born again or someone that has been saved but just doesn't recognize what they have. Because it really goes back to just explaining in detail what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God and how well we can begin to experience the Lord on purpose. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord to give that to the missus right there. Not you, Jim. I mean, come on. <laughs> Amen. It's a, it's a lot of fun being with your pastor. We were talking about bloopers on the way here. I, I, won't, I will not go there. Because I, I actually couldn't remember that I've ever had one. But, I mean, he had a lot of them, okay? And, and uh, they weren't all G-rated, you know? I mean, they were like, oh, my gosh, you said that. So <clears throat> that's all I have to say. Some of you that are in on the, on the you know, the pun there, you know, kind of got it. The others were just saying, well, I want to... I want to hear those bloopers, and so that's what you may, may have to ask somebody to, to get caught up. I just thought they were great, so we have, there you go, move on. I was, I was ready to move on. I was looking at my scripture here. You know, I'm just in Matthew 26 for a second. You really don't have to turn there, but you could if you'd like, and this is a story of Jesus, and I, I want to just look at this through one particular lens here this morning. I'm not going to preach on this. I just want to use this as an example of, of the determination of God. 
You know, if you've noticed, there are people that are extremely determined, uh, very, very hell-bent on whatever it seems like their, their mission is, to the degree that it seems like if you're in the way, they'll run you over. I don't know if you've noticed, and I'm sure you have, but the guy that invented the green and the red and the yellow that actually goes with our, our stoplights probably would be, you know, flabbergasted to see how people are treating the yellow. Because he created it as a means of showing you that a red is coming, so stop. But what we've actually come to believe is it means go faster. <laughs> and I'm sure you all know this, and that is you can hardly believe, because you know you do get caught sometimes where your car is in the intersection or right at the intersection, and it just turns to the yellow, and you're able to go through, which is fine. But can you believe you made it, and you look, and three more cars come? <laughs> huh? So you know at least two of them were on the red, which means the other side had a green. And really, truthfully, had it not been for that they were, they were standing still waiting for their green light, if it had been someone was coming, and he could just time it perfectly, you would have had a wreck. One of my friends, you know, that's a car dealer, he said to my girls when they got their first cars, he said, people don't respect the yellow anymore. So my, my one thought to you is this, when you're stopped at a, green, at a red light and when it turns green, if you're the first one in line, as soon as it turns green, take a moment to look to the left and look to the right and then proceed. Don't just go because people aren't respecting well, people are in a hurry. People are determined. I don't know what for. Some of the people that actually go through those red, you know, those red lights, go through those yellows like that, the interesting thing is two more lights up, you actually meet them. And sometimes they're in the wrong lane and you go by them. So you want to say, how's that working for you? I look at Jesus, and I see right here, it says, Then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the, the oil press. This is the Passion Translation. He told them, Sit here while I go and pray over there. He took Peter, Jacob, and John with him. Peter, James, and John. However, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, My heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. Then he walked a short distance away, and overcome with grief, he threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, My father, if there is any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Yet what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Then an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. Later he came back to his three disciples and found them all sound asleep. He awakened Peter and said to him, Do you lack the strength to stay away, awake with me for even just an hour? Keep alert and pray that you'll be spared from this time of testing. You should have learned by now that your spirit is eager enough, but your humanity is weak. And then he left them for a second time in prayer and solitude. And he said to God, my father, if there's any way that you can deliver me from the suffering, then your will must be done. He came back to the disciples, found them again sound asleep, but they couldn't keep their eyes open, so he left them and went away to pray the same prayer for the third time. When he returned to the disciples, he awoke them saying, are you still sleeping and resting? Don't you know the hour has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to the authority of sinful men? Get up, let's go, for the betrayer 
is at hand. If you'll go over to Hebrews chapter 6. I just wanted to say that because, you know, when you see the tenacity of Jesus, or if you see the determination of God through Christ, Jesus was an example of the Father, was he not? And you see his humanity screaming at him, and yet you see the determination of his soul to do the thing that God had made so big in him to accomplish God's mission. Jesus, this isn't the first time he said it, but you can notice throughout his walk with God, his father, he said, I didn't come here to do my own will. I came to do the will of my father. So he already made a commitment to God, but look at the determination to keep the commitment. I mean, we don't even have commitments anymore, let alone the determination to keep one when you have one. Things have really, really, really changed anymore. I remember Brother Hagin back in 2003, before he died, there in, in, in that uh, 2003, actually, he died. But it was Winter Bible Seminar, so six months before he passed. He made the comment at Winter Bible, he said, you know, people, we're going to lose the move of the Spirit. We have so much word, but we don't have a moving of the Spirit. He said, this generation knows little or nothing at all about dedication and consecration. What's he talking about? He's talking about the dedication or consecration to a principle. The determination to see yourself all the way through. Amen? This young man, is it Liam? Uh, Liam is, is going to experience very soon what determination is all about. Amen? And that's a good thing. And there may be days where it tweaks him, where he doesn't feel like he can go any further, but he's going to have to go further. And what he's going to learn is, is when you set your heart on something and when you have an order, you fulfill the order until it's complete. But this is something that people used to know years ago about, but don't know much about anymore. Well, I want you to know that if we know a little bit about it or something about it, how much more is God determined? God's determination for us went all the way to the cross where Jesus very easily could have just said, okay, I'm out. This has been a good ride. I've done nothing wrong. There's angels here. Bring the chariot. Get me out. Okay? And his soul was suffering to the point of his sweat turned into blood. I don't think any of us have suffered to that degree. All right? But that was before he was even physically afflicted. That was the mental torment of what it took to actually get on that cross. Right. Amen. So think of his determination to go all the way to the point where his soul literally broke within him and he began to sweat drops of blood. That's before a cat of nine tails had even come on his back to rip his flesh. And you see, what I see is God's plan had to be fulfilled at all costs. And it didn't matter how difficult it was, Jesus was going to put another foot forward and then another foot forward until it was complete. Right. Right. Amen. And so when I see that, I see God's hunger, this great compassion of God to fulfill the plan, and the plan had to do with us. And that plan is still just as appropriate today as it was years ago. Just as relevant in our day. We think we're so highfalutin in 2000, you know, uh, 19 going on 2020. But we haven't really progressed at all. God's truths from yesterday are just as relevant today 
God is just as determined today to see you through as he was to see his son through. Now, there's scripture over there in 1 John 4 that tells us that we love him because he what? It's real difficult sometimes to commit yourself to something unless you know that the person you're committing yourself to is just as or more committed to you. Amen? You know, we only love him because we saw how he loved us. The depth of his love is what allows us actually to go beyond the kind of love that we've known. It allows us to take a step beyond where we normally would go with a regular human being. Because God's love is so intense, because God's love is so sure, because God's love is 100% on your behalf, you find yourself being able to step beyond yourself. And you know, to be honest with you, if you can't step beyond yourself, you're probably not going to have anything that you haven't already had. Amen? In other words, the way you see it, as good as it is, if it's still not producing the results, you need to go beyond that. Well, what gives you the courage to go beyond what you feel like you've already gone as far as you could go? God's love for you is what will cause you to be able to go beyond your ability. Can you say amen to that? You know, this whole thing's based on his love. I mean, when it comes down to it. And that's not just a mushy love. That's just amazing determination. Amen. And I want to just look at that for a couple of seconds here because there's a passage of Scripture we're getting down to here in Hebrews chapter 6 that is one of my favorites. I find it to be very uplifting for me. And so if I start in the 13th verse here to the 20th, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Which all within itself is pretty amazing that God took the human factor out of the way. In other words, if all he had was to get into a contract or an agreement with a human being, God realizes, you know, that, (laughs) you know, our flesh, he understands that even in our best moment, it's possible for us to fail. I mean, for for instance, think, think about Peter. I mean, Peter had an amazing moment. Who do you say that I am? And Peter just steps up, you know, without even thinking, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, well, Peter, (laughs) that's pretty good, but I know it didn't come out of you. He said, you just yielded to revelation from my Father. But in the very next breath, Peter says, Peter rebukes Jesus for going to the cross, and Jesus has to turn around and say, get behind me, Satan. So Peter just yielded to the voice of God, revelation of the Holy Spirit. The next moment, he yields to the plan of the devil, which is to keep Jesus from going to the cross, which would keep us all here today from having a purpose. In the greatest of moments, he fell just as far. So God knows this. He knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust, the psalmist said. So here God's wanting to get into a contract with us which would secure the deal of our fate forever. That it's in God's hands and by faith through his grace we shall persevere and overcome. Praise the Lord. That's a great plan. But God had a problem with it. What was the problem? If he makes the covenant with a man, then the covenant is subject to the weakest link. And the weakest link being a man means if that man misses it, the whole covenant's off. So what did God do? 
couldn't find anyone equal or greater than, so he made the covenant with himself. Isn't that pretty awesome? On behalf of Abraham, God didn't need the covenant for himself, but he made the covenant with himself on behalf of the man. So all the man had to do was to believe in what God did and it became his as though he were the one walking through those pieces of animal with the blood that was shed, making the blood covenant, in a sense kind of doing this, you know, as kids, making the blood covenant and making the terms of the covenant. Um, Abraham didn't walk in between, but because he believed, it was as though he did. That's pretty awesome. So now this covenant will work a thousand percent of the time based on what? Based on his perfection, not based on you. Come on, this is the kind of covenant that we're in with Christ for our salvation. It's not based on you. Well, I missed it today. Well, God didn't miss it. So what does that mean? The strength of the covenant is in God's hand, not yours. If it was in your hand, you'd have lost it a long time ago. Amen? Amen? I mean, you know, one of the greatest songs I think that ought to be a worship song is you got to know when to hold them, got to know when to fold them, got to know when to walk away. Amen? Because it's so easy to fold. You get right to the point of your miracle and you let go. If it was based on you, we'd let go of everything. I know Brother Hagin told me one time personally, he said, of all the ministers I know, the greatest majority of them have gotten right to the point of their victory and have let go. The greatest majority of the ministers. So in other words, they're the ones actually studying and preparing to be an example for the rest of those who don't have that kind of time to study and prepare. And yet they've gotten right to the edge of their victory and have given up. Got to know when to hold them. Got to know when to fold them. Got to know when to walk away. Come on, think for just a moment. If it was based on us, we wouldn't be here today. If it's based on him, that's what gives us the strength and the courage and the hope to see something different, see change where there hasn't been change. Amen. To see good where there's only been bad. Amen. To see purpose where there's been no hope. It's based on him. So I go a little further in this, and it says, Surely blessing I will bless you and multiply, and I will multiply you. What was that based on? Him. Well, I'm just hoping that'll happen. Stop hoping. It's based on him. Amen. Open up your heart. Open up your mind to a bigger life than what you've known. You say, well, you know, I just haven't really progressed much in my Christian life. Well, then open your mind to something other than what you know or see something greater than what you've seen. Amen. The expectation of the human heart is amazing if you'll just let it expand. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, I think back to a story of Elisha, you know, and, and here somebody was chopping down, you know, a tree trying to make, you know, some, some prophet chambers, and the axe wasn't secure, and it came, the head came loose from the handle, and, and, the, and it flew off into the pond. And he went to Elisha and said, Alas, my master, uh, the axe that was borrowed is, is in the pond. What are we going to do? And there's a lot of things that I can think of to have actually told that young man. But one of them wouldn't have been, go get a twig. Excuse me? 
No, you didn't understand. You didn't hear me. The, 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 axe, the axe went into the pond. Go me into it. No, did you not? Did you not? Something wrong with you? The axe went in the pond. See, I wouldn't have thought to say, go get a twig. What does a twig have to do with the axes in the pond? See, when God's real to you, your imagination begins to expand. Let me say it to you like this. The ceiling of the grace of God in your life will be your lack of imagination. Because whatever you can see, God can perform. If you can't see it, God can't do it. Why? Because he needs your heart to be big and open, your mind to think and imagine beyond your present circumstances. How is it going to change if you don't make room for the change? God wants you to broaden your tent to expand the stakes. Why? The bigger you can think, the more he can do. Well, I just don't know if God can do it. That's why it doesn't work. Well, I've tried that before. This doesn't work by trying. It works by jumping all the way in and doing. Come on, the old timers understood this because they didn't have options. Hey, man, we've ruined things in our country because we have so many options. If you only have one option, and that's your only thing you can do, how well are you going to apply yourself? With one toe in the water and splash a little bit or jump in? A.W. Right. Tozier, I think he's so appropriate for our modern generation, and here he was 100 years ago, and he made the comment, real faith is where you put yourself on purpose in a position where you can't go back. He said, pseudo-faith is where you have a way out just in case God fails you. Think of how many faith adventures we've gotten into thinking if it doesn't work, at least I can go. Well, that's not a faith venture. That's doubt and unbelief. Right. Amen. When God's in this thing, you don't need plan B and plan C and plan D, right? right. Amen. Plan A is more than enough. He's not El Cheapo. He's El Shaddai. Amen. The God of... More than enough. It says, for men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. It just simply means when you get a contract to hold somebody to their word, then you've got some power behind your contract. If they renege on the contract, you can hold them to the fire. Amen. You can take them to court. You can get what you have been promised to get, even if someone doesn't fulfill what they're supposed to do because you got a contract. Right. Well, if men are smart enough to get into an agreement in that way, notice what it says, thus God. Now, this is the beginning of what I love. This particular passage right here is what motivates me greatly. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation uh, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Notice it says the anchor of the soul. The soul, your intellect, your will, your emotion. 
Come on, think of how easy it is for your emotions and your mind and your intellect to just literally, like the waves of the sea, one moment it looks good so you're all in, the next moment it starts to look bad so you're all, all in despondency, thinking, oh, it doesn't seem like it's working. Has anybody ever gone between two opinions before? Amen. Do you know that's a horrible thing? You'd rather just be all in on one. But to have an opinion of God and then to go ahead and float back over the waves to the opinion of man, that's a terrible bondage to be in, going back and forward, back and forward. James says, let not that man think he receive anything of the Lord. He's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Come on, think about what we're talking about here. This hope is the anchor of the soul. There's no other place where the soul is, is uh, described as though having an anchor. What's an anchor for? So that you are immovable, right? I mean, you can move a little bit this way and a little bit that way, but you can't move off of what you're anchored to. I remember the first time my dad, you know, we're down at the Niagara River where we lived, you know, for a few years uh, before I left home to go off to school. And, uh, of course, we loved to duck hunt. And my dad had built this really nice heated duck blind, you know, which was like uh, with electricity. So there was coffee and we'd have donuts. We'd be down, and it's like it was not necessarily really duck hunting. That's where you're freezing, <laughs> freezing cold, you know, just sitting there like this. We're in a duck blind. I mean, we've got heat coming out. Anyhow, it was really nice. And so the ducks in the Niagara River, it wasn't a good place for ducks to land, the only good part and the reason why they'd fly the river is because Lake Ontario was just a mile away, and when it would get stormy out there, the lake would get super choppy, and so the ducks would fly up the river. But they didn't like landing, and the reason was because there's too much current. The current went six miles an hour south to north in the middle, but then it would actually go about four miles an hour on the sides to the south. So it would do this constantly. So you'd put decoys out there, and your ducks would be going like this, and then they'd be going like this, and they're going like this, and they're going like this. And one, one, one moment, my dad said, I need to go up and get a few more things. And it was just at dusk. We were just starting to be able to see. And I'm telling you what, I saw that duck. He was in my decoys. I just, and my dad's running down the street going, not my decoys. And I thought, no, it was a real duck, Dad. It was a real duck. And all of a sudden, you know, the light came on enough, and it's just like there's styrofoam everywhere. And I said, well, at least I had a good shot. Come on, this hope is anchored. That means God wants your mind anchored so it can't go back and forth. What's the strength? of your mind being anchored. Let's go back to this, thus God, determining to show. So when I think about thus God, in other words, it's almost like now uh, man has the ability to come up with a plan, but now let's go ahead and equate what it looks like if God came up with the same plan. In other words, enter God into the equation. I like it over here in Habakkuk 3. You don't have to turn there, but Habakkuk 3, 1 through 4. It says, the prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And the next two words sums it all up. God came. 
He's crying out to God. And then God walked in the room. Changes everything when God walks in the room. I said it changes everything when God walks in the room. We got a call this spring. You know, my youngest daughter was at Karis at, at school. We get a call about, oh, about 5 o'clock in the morning or so. And um, uh, some of her friends saying, you know, Chloe needs to go to the hospital. She's having all kinds of problems in her intestines, you know, and, and she's all swollen and she's just crying out and she's throwing up this way and going out that way and just things aren't good. She needs, she needs help really bad. Da, 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 da. And one of the older ladies that was there said, I think she really needs to go to the emergency room. And we're like, um, you know, uh, well, we're, we're coming up. It took us an hour and 15 minutes to get there. And um, we arrived, and she's hurting really bad, and there's some other people there that we're kind of praying for and stuff. But, I mean, you know, you used to see your child just literally, like, screaming out in pain. And because I actually had been there and done that years ago, um, I then had a lot of compassion for that. Well, you know, you don't want to say anything until God comes. You say, what do you mean? Isn't God with you at all times? Yeah, but you want the unction of God. In other words, you want God to become real. Otherwise, in other words, I can pray about a God that's not real, and he's a concept. But I want that concept. Have you ever, have ever seen guys, if, if, you're, if you like cars, they'll come out with concept cars? Right. You know, you know I, I, can't, I can't understand why, why when they come out with such a cool concept car, they can't just put that in production. Because they always water it down when it comes to production. You know, it's like so cool, and then when it gets to production, it's like, that's not what the concept was. It's like it kind of looks like it, but it just, just make it like that, you know. Well, we don't want a concept of God. We want the real thing. So my wife and I, we got everybody out, and then we sat in that room, and now I'm sitting there watching my daughter, you know, just writhe in pain. But I'm praying in the Holy Ghost because I want unction. Unction. Something that secures what I know will work versus just a prayer, and then it doesn't work, and she hurts, and then you realize, okay, now i got to go ahead and go to the doctor. So I'm praying after about 25 minutes of just praying in other tongues. I just got up, went over and sat by her bed and sat on the bed. And she's right there. And I don't know. I didn't even know what I was going to say. But what came out of my mouth is, devil, let's see what you got. Let's see who you are. Why don't you give it the best shot you can, you loser? Jesus defeated. And I mocked him for 20 minutes with scripture and just calling him out. I dare you. I dare you. Go. I'm giving you an opportunity. Let's see what you got. And just called him out. 20 minutes of that. And all of a sudden, the whole atmosphere just went, and it flipped. The presence of God just dropped in that place. When I started talking about God, magnifying God, talking about his angels, Chloe felt the brush of something go by her. I looked over at her, and tears are just coming down her face. And just like that, boom, it was gone. I said, honey, let's get up, let's go to breakfast, and let's go take a run. And we did, all of it. God came. Man knows how to get into an agreement, thus God. What about God? What's his agreement like? Hallelujah. His yes is yes, and his no is no. Amen. He's faithful to his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but behold, my word shall never pass away. My words are spirit, and they are life. 
Come on, it's a whole nother level of existence. Talk about what man can do to believe in man. Now talk about what God can do. And the whole thing changes. God comes on the scene. Come on, the prophet's talking about revive us in these years. Oh, God, work with us. And then it says, and God showed up and said, okay, I'm here. It's like, okay, everything's changed. Thus, God. Notice what the next part says. It says, being determined. How about Psalm 103 where it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals, come on, all your sickness? Come on, what's God's determination? Healing all, forgiving all, removing all depression. Setting you free completely from your financial burden with more than enough. Come on, think about this on God's terms. There's something about us remembering how amazing God is that'll cause you to step one more step beyond your breaking point without fear of breaking. Because no longer am I alone. Well, brother, I know I'm not alone. Yeah, but you feel alone. So change your feelings. Talk about him until you get courage down in your soul. Come on, David came back from a fight just to find that his whole camp at Ziglag had been raided by the Amalekites. Everybody was gone. All their livestock was gone, and their camp was burned. His mighty men all of a sudden rose up in their grief to come against David. And he went out by himself to an ash heap and sat in the ashes. In other words, his soul was no longer strengthened. He'd lost everything. And he sat there in a despondency. In other words, I'm less than at the breaking point. I'm done without you, God. And the Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord. It says another passage, he encouraged himself in the Lord. What do you think he did to encourage himself in the Lord? Do you think he talked about his strength? No. I don't think so. I think he talked about, Lord, remember when the lion came? Remember, I should have been dead, but you remember what you did for me? The strength that came on me, and I didn't have one scratch. Remember what happened with the bear, and I went after it with a club? I should have been dead, and yet we defeated the bear. Do you remember what happened with Goliath? And all of a sudden, what's starting to work in here? He's remembering what it's like to be connected to somebody in whom there's no failure. Hallelujah. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, God, my Father. Come on, there's no shadow of turning in him. Amen. His mercies are new every morning. You begin to talk like that and something rises up in you. It's the connection of your spirit that overcomes your flesh. So easy to be in the flesh. So easy to look at the natural. Come on. We watch a ball game. You watch a TV show and literally become bombarded with commercials about drugs and people's difficulties. It's everywhere. We all have our own will. You can go to the doctor, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's your choice. 
But in the day we live, I want to begin to experience one step after the other what it's like to begin to experience God. I want to gain ground on my relationship with God where I've gone from this is the way I used to do it to I've seen a breakthrough. Because if you see one breakthrough, you can get another breakthrough. Come on, everybody. There's something about this. My oldest daughter, you know, she's been really blessed with amazing talent in the art area. My family on my side are all artists. And I really think, to be honest, Allie probably is the best of all of them, and they're professionals. She just got hired by Disney in June to be an animator. And so it's really fun, you know, a great experience. And yet here, when she gets out there, it's like one to two migraines are hitting her a week where she loses sight. She said, well, I, I did that particular modeling of that, you know, that character. I did it with half of my eyes. The top half couldn't see. The bottom half could. She said, so it's amazing that it even got finished. Well, how long are we going to have this go on? And I've worked with her, so in the middle of Bygrains, I've seen them instantly disappear through my time of prayer. But then she'd have another one that would reoccur. So we're not done with them. We just got it to go away. It's like a pesty fly. You went like that and it left you for a second, but then it came back. We got to kill it. So a couple weeks ago, um, I had a little bit of reinforcement where my wife got involved, my mother-in-law got involved, and God moved on my mother-in-law, God moved on my wife, and then I'm in the middle of a meeting, and this lady came down and said, I'm having problems with migraines, and I'm losing some of my sight, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and I laid hands on her. The moment I laid hands on her, it's like I laid hands on my daughter. It was like she wasn't there, my daughter was there. And I didn't just say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I literally rose up and commanded that thing to stop. It was totally different. It was like I was the champion and the devil was a, a little uh, flea and I stepped on it and smushed it all the way until it was just a greasy spot. That's kind of how it felt to me. And glory to God, she's been delivered. Hasn't had another one. There is ground that we can begin to take in these areas. Why? God is determined. Amen. Men, whole multitudes sought to touch him, and those that touched him, they were all. Somebody say all. All. all when you look at the word all, I can't go anymore in determination than to say, when God starts doing all, that means he's determined. Right. Do we fit in the all of God? Yes. Amen. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Remember, these few words for the next few moments are just to cause you to see God from the proper perspective, which should cause you to say, come on, let's get this on, I'm ready to start marching, where you haven't been willing to do anything but sit in your corner and just kind of cry out in mercy, God, please help, please help, now I'm ready to get it, here we go. Something changes in the human soul and it switches from you seeing things according to the way the rest of the world sees it and you seeing things the way God sees it. And a determination within you that matches the determination of God says, I cannot be defeated. The old song, and I will not quit. It's nice for somebody to have that and just kind of barrel through a difficulty and not quit 
and not be defeated, but you still don't have victory. I'm talking about victory. I'm not talking about willpower and you've been really good to suffer for four years and you're still alive. I'm talking about it leaves, the change comes. It literally takes on the God kind of result. Come on, somebody, help me with this sermon this morning. I'm just stirring you up. I've got one little shot right here to put some adrenaline in you, to put some vitamin B12 in your veins so that you can begin to see things a little bit different than maybe you've seen before. Maybe there's someone in this room right here, you've never seen God touch someone, heal somebody, and it's the most amazing thing to watch it happen. There's someone's lungs in here this morning that are getting healed while I'm speaking right now. There's someone's heart in here that hasn't been beating like it should, and you've been so tired because your heart's not beating like it should, and you're going to have an amazing awakening. Amen. God's doing something. Someone here, pain or some problem or fuzziness in the back of your head. And God's healing you as well. Really wonderful. I was at a meeting um, for uh, Mac Hammond's church, did a, a men's conference up there. Actually, we're going to do it again in, in, in November. But remember, do you remember the one guy that came in that had his shoulder healed? The next morning he came in to say that his, all of his thoughts had all come back. He had lost his memory. Alzheimer's was setting in. And he woke up that morning and he said, it's like somebody took the curtains and just went like this. And the blinds went up. They opened up and he could begin to remember again. Well, once we had that one, all of a sudden, it was a couple of weeks ago after that, that we had another one like that. Well, once you start seeing a pattern, then you can start expecting, oh my God, this isn't something that we're just hoping for anymore. This is something in real time, which is what? God wants to touch some of your mind, some of your memory. If there's someone here that's been struggling with some of that, we can help you with that this morning. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Praise the Lord. Amen. Maybe you want to stay fuzzy. You just like it better that way. Then you can just say, well, you know, I just forgot. He's determined to do what? He's determined to show. Come on, what's the world all engaged in these days? Man, if it's not your work, you come home to do what? To flip on some type of entertainment. To watch a show. God wants to put on a show. 2 Chronicles 16, 9 tells us, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. So what is God so carefully looking for? What's he looking for? He's looking for someone in whom will believe in him even a little bit so that he has access to put on a show. Why does the scripture say God loves a contrite heart? You know, that kind of stinks in a sense. What, I got, I got to be like at the bottom uh, of, of the rung to the point of, of despondency and no return and be so contrite that there's nothing left within my soul and God just loves that? The only reason why God loves a contrite heart, you know why? Because a contrite heart has nothing left. What do you mean? A contrite heart is someone that can't, put another foot forward, that can't grab another handful and, and, and hold on. A contrite heart is someone that's literally let go. And the moment you let go is when God can take over. That's why he loves a contrite heart, because the moment you're willing to give up, that's when God can take over. Come on, somebody. We can learn to live this way 
where we learn to get out of our own way so God has access. God has never changed. The same God that delivered yesterday is the same God that's delivering today. Amen. Come on, he didn't heal people instantaneously yesterday and today. He just doesn't have the same spark. Right. He's flicking his bit, but there's nothing left. Come on, God's just as powerful today as he ever has been. Right. Heal a cancer just licking his split today just as much as he has yesterday. Someone's lungs are being healed today. Someone's heart's being touched in here. You won't have all that tiredness. That heart won't be slow of beating. It will be quickened and made alive and very healthy. Someone's intestines are being healed here today. Amen. Amen. You'll walk out of here well. Amen. Come on, just another moment. Look at what it says over in, over in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. And my speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. Demonstration of the Spirit. One translation said, in the showings off of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> if there's a personality of the Godhead that's pretty flamboyant, it's the Holy Ghost. I mean, he laughs, he dances, he rolls on the floor, the holy rollers, amen. I mean, he shouts, praise the Lord. He's not quiet, he's loud, amen. If he was wearing a tie, it would be a flashy one, amen. And that's the personality that God's given us in this life, amen. To do what? To quicken in us all these amazing emotions that cause us to be so ready for the show. What did Paul say? I didn't come to you just teaching and preaching. I came to you teaching and preaching, but I came to you in a demonstration or the showings off of the Holy Ghost that your faith would not be in the wisdom of man, but in the demonstration or in what you see or in the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So what's Paul trying to say? The power of God should be manifest. The power of God should put on a show. You watch the power of God deliver somebody from a devil, a devil from somebody. That would be terrible if we were delivering somebody from a devil. No, it's the devil from somebody. Amen. See, that's a blunder. That's right there. It's not a bad one, though. <laughs> I was trying to make him feel better that I have one, too. <laughs> Come on, just a little bit further. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6, look at this. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. This whole idea of God showing off this whole idea of God putting on a show, this whole idea of God being visible, of you watching the display of God and just literally in awe, of you seeing the stars, of you seeing, you know, the, the northern lights, of you seeing a sunrise that takes your breath away and a sunset that causes you to stare and think, oh God, is it possible that you made that for me? That whole concept of a show is something that God wants you to know throughout the rest of eternity. 
billions upon billions upon billions of years of existence with God, and every new day will be a new show. Well, come on, come on. Is it possible that God has that much firepower? Can God come up with an imagination that could come up with something different, amazingly different from what was different yesterday, and yet we're four billion years into this. Can he do it again? Can God come up with a new thumbprint for every single person upon the face of the earth, and it's different? Yes. Can he give a new design to every single snowflake that falls? Yes. This whole idea of God wanting to show himself is not something new. This is who he is. Is he in this room today? Come on, within a couple of minutes. Yes, he is. Will God put on a show in a couple seconds? Oh, you betcha. What's he going to do? He's going to show more. Look at the words. I'm going to put on a show more. The word more, obviously, is different than the word less. I'm going to put on a show, but it's going to be less than you've ever seen before. Okay, well, praise the Lord. We're all going to come out to watch that one. Huh? Come on, how does Hollywood, you know, do their advertisement for their new movie? It's bigger. It's better. More action. You can't wait to be there. Come on, if their advertisement was, it's not as good as the last one, you know, it's, it's only 10 minutes long, it's not even two hours, and uh, you'll hate it. Well, everybody's going to come for that. God's going to put on what kind of a show? A show that's more. Come on, that gets right back into El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough. Not El Cheapo, you know, just kind of barely getting by. He's the almighty God that's more than enough. And look over here at Ephesians 3 and 20 and 21 where he says, Now unto him, the, the God of more than enough, who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Notice what he's doing. This is a scripture verse of challenge. He's challenging you. Let's see how big you can think. And as big as you can think, I'm going to go well beyond your wildest imagination. Remember I told you, your imagination is the ceiling to God's grace. You can't see it, you'll never believe for it. God wants you to see bigger than you are today. God wants you to see your pains disappear. Who in this room's already had a release from pain that you've come with this morning, and it's already gone right here in this room? I'm going to wait until I get your hand. Who in here is already? Check yourself and see. Symptoms that you came with that were painful. Who in here can already tell that that pain has disappeared? Because you can tell. When you're hurting, it hurts. When the pain's gone, it doesn't. It's just that simple. Yes, sir, what about you? Ten minutes ago, you were thinking about it, realizing it was gone. That's pretty cool. And so you don't have that pain anymore. Amen. Amen. So say, someone says, well, that's, that's small in relationship to a tumor. No, the whole idea is there's nothing big. Right. Right. If Jesus said that a mountain can be removed by a speck of faith, then what's he really trying to say? He's trying to say, if a speck of faith can remove a mountain, maybe what I'm trying to get across is there's nothing big. In other words, the bigness that you seem or that you feel is within you. So if you think it's a mountain, it's because that's the way you see it. If you'll see it as nothing, it'll be nothing. If you see it as something, it'll be something. 
Come on, just for a second. We're, in the, we're, we're right here with more. The word more. More than enough. He's challenging us to see things on a bigger level. Jesus came out of the grave over there in Matthew 28, verse 18. And we'll be done in a couple minutes and start ministering to some folks. So just hold on. And Jesus said what, verse 18? All power has been given unto me, or all authority. Now, if you look at what Jesus is talking about within the terms of value, value, value meaning in terms of numerical value. If Jesus said all numerical value has been given unto me, then how much numerical value does the devil have? Zero value. If he has zero value, someone with zero value cannot be a threat to you when you have all value unless you actually say, here's some of my value. Huh? How can he have anything to work with if he's been stripped from all of it? See, the idea that the devil can convince you that he's actually got something over you is a lie to begin with. That he actually has some type of power to do something to you is another lie to begin with. He has nothing. This is what I told him sitting next to my daughter that was in pain. You have nothing. You're a nobody. I double dog dare you. Do your best right now. I'm giving you an open door. But because you have nothing, you can't do anything. And it just came out of me and came out of me until I was up here and he was down here. Instead of looking at her like, oh my God, now I am here, he is here, and the moment I magnified God, the whole room changed and the power of God came on her and set her free. Why? Because that was the reality even while she suffered. But I had to change the way I saw it to let God have an inroad to do it. I was the keeper of the door. And as long as I looked at her suffering, the door was closed. The moment I called him out for what he was, changed my perspective, lifted up my hands to magnify God, I opened the door, and he always does what he always does. It wasn't special what he did. He always does that. Touching your heart is not special. Healing the neck is not special. It's just what he does. Opening our heart is what's special. Hallelujah. Is everybody okay? I'm working myself into a lather just for you. The next word is abundantly, more abundantly. He's going to put on a show. God is determined to put on a show more abundantly. Come on, you know where I'm going with this. John 10, 10, it says a thief in the, in the uh, Passion Translation. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Amen. i got to read that last part. Jesus said, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow flow. The Amplified says the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. 
What kind of anointing is going to come into your stomach? The kind that is to the full until it overflows. What does that look like? It looks like you'll be eating and you'll be feeling really good. What kind of anointing is going to come into the heart where there's been tiredness and you, you know your heart's not beating right? Uh, the kind that's to the full until it overflows and you'll end up having so much energy you'll be thinking, oh my God, I can get so much done. Right. What about to the lungs? You'll take a full breath and you'll no longer be afraid of running around this room. I would, oh my God, I haven't run in years. Run. I haven't run in years. Run. Haven't run in years. Up in Sparta, North Carolina, just a couple weeks ago, and that's exactly what happened to a lady. God touched her. She began to run. She began to do things she hadn't done. And she looked at me and said, you have no idea, but everybody in this church knows, and people are coming up hugging her, and tears are flowing. And then, then it just went like dominoes. The ding, 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 ding. Right down the row, everybody started getting healed. Because they saw such wonderful demonstration. God put on a show, and they said, I like this picture. Let me look, too. Come on, get your 3D glass, 3D uh, eyewear on today and see it from God's perspective. And the last part just says, to the heirs of promise. That's us. And that's why in the passage translation, I'm going to read Ephesians 1.17 in closing these thoughts. And it says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deep intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, that is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith, then your lives will be an advertisement, a show, of his immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Come on, these words are awesome. You could just spend a lot of time meditating on this. The idea is, even this morning, well, what's the possibility that any of this is half true? If it's even half true, we should have something happen. If it's all the way true, oh my God, how could we not have something happen? Who else, since our brother declared that his neck pain is gone, who else already in this congregation can tell that what you were suffering with has already left you? Who else? What is it? Collarbone? All right. Amen. Thank God. One little step after another. What are these steps? Just little steps of demonstration for what purpose? To again validate the word. You know, Jesus was questioned by the Pharisees. He said, I and my father are one. And I said, who, who in the world do you think you are? That's blasphemy. He said, well, which of the good works do you think doesn't declare that I'm one? In other words, look at what Jesus did. He used what was demonstrated to validate who he was. What we just got through preaching has the ability to be validated right now. Who's the one that had the heart problem? God wants to release you and set you free. Amen? Come on up here. Who else had the problem with the heart? You know there's something wrong. It's not like it ought to be. Praise the Lord. If that's you, come on up. 
You're going to have an amazing afternoon. Stand right here. Praise the Lord. You're going to have an amazing afternoon. And it won't just be an afternoon. This will be the way it will be. Praise the Lord. Pastor Deborah, you come up. Put your hand on their heart. Amen. I'll use your hand. Whoo, glory. Hey, here's fixing right now to Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's it right there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I mean as sure as the sun comes up in the morning and goes down in the afternoon, God's wonderful presence touches your heart today, and you'll no longer be like it was. God sets you free. Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful day this has been. Put your hand on her heart. In the name of the, that's it right there. Jesus, take that. Healing. You won't even know yourself. You won't recognize yourself. There'll be so much energy and strength. Every bit of concern will disappear. Day after day will prove to you that God has healed you and there's no reason to be alarmed ever again. Amen. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. This isn't just hope so. This is no so. No so. We know so. Isn't there something that you do on a regular basis in your job where you know so? Isn't there anybody in here that has a no so? I mean, whether it's fixing a flat tire, I know so. I can fix it. Come on, working on machinery, I know so. Huh? Chopping wood, I know so. Making brownies, I know so. Are you sure it's going to be good? Yeah, it's going to be good. How are you sure? I know so. Come on, isn't there anybody that has that sense of no so in you? You just know that you know. You're not afraid. You don't look at your task as though, oh, my God, I'm nervous on the inside. No, you're just enjoying the process because you know from A to Z, when you get there, it will be exactly as it's supposed to be. Huh? No, so. This is what it's like when God says things like, thus God being determined to show to the heirs of promise more abundantly. What's he going to show us? Exactly what he says is true. Who in here with the lungs? Who's had a problem with the lungs? Breathing. Come on up here. Yes, ma'am. In the back, sir. Come on up. Hallelujah. Are you sure? Absolutely. How do you know so? Because God challenged us to open up our minds to something bigger. Amen. And when we act like this, God gets involved. He does what? He gets involved. This is how things begin to start in this room. Who in here is having problems with hip pain? Right while you're sitting in your seat, while I minister to them. Go ahead and take a double dose of this, all right? You having problems in your hips? Are you? Have you been to the doctor and know that there's something wrong, or you've just been hurting? Anybody else? Problems in your hips? Who else? Yep, amen. Thank God. See, there's something happening in here. So when I minister to these two over here with the lungs, you guys take the rest, all right? Be healed, be whole, be well. God's doing something. He wouldn't call that out and then leave you alone. Hallelujah. Lungs, right? You have problems breathing? Yes. Yeah? Amen. When you when you fix it to get rid of that? Are you gonna... Amen. 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 Isn't that wonderful? Is it possible you could get rid of it now? Yes. Yeah, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I just hit you in the back and thank God for his wonderful. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. Could something be so significant and yet the ministry seemed to be so kind of lame duck? Yeah. In other words, we didn't see an angel. I didn't hear Jesus come out of the sky, you know, with trumpets. 
No fanfare. Could there really be a healing that's just that big? Every bit. What would it look like for you right now to be healed? What are the things that you haven't done in a while? Walking around in humidity. Is there any humidity outside today? I think it's a little, I think it's a little less, isn't it? Or is, it, is there enough? Not enough? Okay. When's the last time you run? From a snake. <laughs> you ran from a snake? Yes. Okay. That's good that you did. Did you get away? Yes. Okay, you got away. Okay. And was it difficult after you ran? You're breathing or no? No. You know what's really interesting is is we, we assume upon ourselves that we have a situation. And so something comes up like a snake scares her, she runs, but then there's no circumstances that follow it. Why? Because she's not considering that there should be. She's not thinking about it. You mean it can, it can, it can be just that subtle? Yeah, think about Peter. He's on the water, and then he just decides to look somewhere else and then accept different thoughts. And what happened? His elevator began to go down. Right? Jesus, as he cries out to Jesus and looks at Jesus, now he's assuming other thoughts, which is he's giving his attention to the Lord. And just like that, the elevator goes back up. You mean it's, it can be that? Yeah, that's, that's the double-mindedness. That's one of the reasons why when you're healed, you don't just like take it like I hope so. You run with it. You like you dare it to be something other. So, for instance, for her, you know, she might want to run like there's a snake right now. Wait till it's real humid and then go on some long walks. Why? Just to prove that it's so. Otherwise, in the back of your mind, you're hoping, but you're not sure. Lady right there, while I've been standing here, God's been healing you with your hand up in the third row. Amen. Third rows are good in my ministry. Amen. When would you begin to experience that if you didn't now? Why don't you get up and see what the Lord just did for you? Why don't you just test it out? See what he just did. What's going on in your nerves? What's going on in your bones? Huh? The what? How, how are your hands and your circulation? Huh? Circulation come back in your hands. They're not numb anymore, are they? What about down the leg? How good is it to feel everything again? All your feeling back. Is that pretty cool? Amen. You can't say that, well, Brother Jim did that for me. I didn't do anything. That was just you sitting there receiving from God, wasn't it? Did you have problems getting down and getting back up? Well, go ahead and bend down like you're picking something up. How that feel? Good. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> Amen. The Lord's good, isn't it? Yes. What we're talking about is real, isn't it? Mama, God just touched your lungs. You, do, you look for something, some type of opportunity to get something, all right? Because God just touched your lungs. Some of these things you can see right away like that. Other things you just begin to work with. Amen. 
wonderful Lord Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm saying thank you because I know right now you're doing something. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, don't, don't be sick in any other area either. Amen. Just take these lungs. Get healed in your lungs, but get healed in everything. Amen. No more sickness. Hallelujah. No more sorrow. No more thinking, just going to make it through another day. No. Amen. Be a champion and go through the day and be healed and whole today. In Jesus' name. Whew, glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I was going to beat it into you one way or the other. Amen. If you didn't take it with a good right hand, I'm going to give you a left hand too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing and victory. Hmm. Well, glory to God. There are anointings, praise the Lord, that have followed your ministry in years past that God's requiring you to pick back up again. And this is nothing new to you. Your own heart registers that this is something you've been thinking about. Just picking up some of those anointings. Some of the things that you've walked in in the past, amen, you're going to begin to walk in in a greater measure in the future. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In fact, there'll be such joy. You'll find the strength shall be renewed. Praise the Lord. The strength of your youth shall be renewed. Hallelujah. When you were younger, you didn't have any problem in your hips. <laughs> He's renewing that strength right now. No more. No more. No more. It'll be like you've been rebuilt. <laughs> Glory to God. And these anointings, you'll begin to walk in in greater demonstration than you have in years past. And you'll find yourself refreshed like you got a brand new start. Hallelujah. And everyone will see that you're the same person, yet it's like you're new and improved. You got a download from God. Yea, Davi. Yea, 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 Davi. Yea, Davi. Yea, Davi. For not many will contend for the miraculous. Not many will contend for the work of the Holy Ghost, but you will. And so you'll walk in that in measures that you haven't before. And there'll be things that you'll be astounded by. You'll say, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. I've never had that kind of power come on me before. Woo! And it'll refresh you. You'll feel like a young kid. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You'll find yourself jumping for joy at what the Lord is doing. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. And if any of that is real to you, praise the Lord, then so is God in your hips. Hallelujah. Who in, the, who in here with the stomach? Who in here with your stomach needs to be healed? Someone's shoulder is being healed right now. Amen. Someone's shoulder. Amen. Damage to the shoulder is being healed right now. Amen. While, while I speak. Someone, Mike, take that right back there. Amen. Did you have some problems back there in your shoulders? Amen. Do that again. Just keep on working. Amen. I'll tell you what, the third time you do it, this is the second time now. Do it again. Now, the third time you do it, you won't find not even a little pinch. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You could just raise something right over your head, and there's nothing left, not anything at all. How about it? <coughs> huh? How long has it been since you were able to stretch them up like that without any pain? Woo, glory. Been a while, huh? Amen. How's it feel now? They pop all the time. Thank God there's some new oil in there, right? Amen. Amen. Who else? Somebody else is getting shoulder healed right here. Praise the Lord. Come on, just let the Lord work on it. 
Stay tuned right here for a second. Yeah, young man back there, go ahead and move that around. There's some people behind you. Don't hit them in the head or anything. Amen. I think that might be your dad next to you. Just be respectful. Amen. No elbows in the jaw. Amen. But God's doing something in here. Come on. Somebody believe it just a little bit, just a speck of faith. In other words, enough to get yourself out of the way and just say, Lord, uh, uh, wow me. Wow me. Show me. Wow me. Eyes of the Lord roam to and fro to find somebody just like you right here in Omaha that he might do what? Show himself strong on your behalf. Make you feel a little bit better. There's nothing about the scriptures that a little bit better has anything to do with God. It's so much better that you got too much and you got to give it away. Come on now. He's not El Cheapo. He's, he, he's not running out of power. He's short on fuses today. Come on. Ammunition shooting blanks. More power, more abundantly. Come on, we read those scriptures. God's putting on a show. Does he, does he, are you sure he wants it? He's determined to do what? To make you walk out of here going, man, God did that. I'm different. It's changed. Something's really real going on in here. Young ma'am, you can do some push-ups. You might want to go do a few and just show uh, uh, yourself and anyone else that, man, God's just set that shoulder free. Go ahead back there. Who in here, intestines? You need God to touch you, right, in your intestines. And then there's someone else, uh, your hind side. That's, a, that's an easy way of saying it. Derriere. There's something, amen, back there that, that uh, could be inside the organs, but uh, you, you're hurting and you need to be healed. Who is that in here? Sorry, but if it's you, raise your hand so you can get healed. Forget about the fact that we all know what it is, all right? All right, there's two right here. Tailbone area back in there. All right. Will you come on up? You come on up. Amen. Who about the intestines in here? Who is that? Yes, sir. Come on up over here. Intestines over on my right. Your left. You guys just stand right over there, okay? And you let God touch you this morning. Woo, glory. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. You know, if it was a bunch of guys, I'd say I'd kick you in the rear. You'd be healed. Amen. But it's a couple of ladies, so you minister a little differently. Come on over here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Brother, put your hands on your belly. I just know that I know that I know. Amen. That's what this is all about. Getting past the hope so, Lord, you just... Brother, how you doing back there doing those push-ups? I'm not going to ask you how many you did, but it looks like you were there for a while. Do you think the Lord? Do you think the Lord could take a stretched-out ligament and bring it right back to the elasticity where it feels tight, like it should be, and you would have no pain? Do you think God can do that? Gosh, I tell you what, He did that this morning. Man, you you can be you can be radical from this point on. Like, look for a chance to go throw something. Well, let's clarify that. <laughs> a ball or something, a football or you know, a baseball. 
Oh, my God, he threw a chair through the window because you told him to throw something. No, let's clarify that, okay? Brother, get radical with that. God healed you. And the only reason why I'm saying radical, because then it'll be so real to you, you'll never doubt it, and you'll never lose it. All right? Man, that's awesome. Brother, just as soon as the Lord healed him, just as real as he's back there, with the presence of God on him, I command that amen to disappear out of your life from this moment. Well, amen. God just came on you, brother. That's it. Hallelujah. You won't even doubt that yourself. You'll just go out and get something to eat, and you'll be well as can be. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Miss Deborah, you want to help me again? Just on the small of their back, you can put your hand. Amen. And the Lord knows that's just the area right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a simple question. Is it possible God could be doing all that work right now without me even touching you? Yeah? You know what's kind of interesting? She puts her hand there, and because you can feel it, your mind actually goes to where her hand is. Because if you put her hand right there, your mind goes to my hand. Right? Your mind goes to that area, and what happens? You begin to focus, and that's exactly where the Holy Ghost goes. In Jesus' name. That's it. Right there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That was pretty cool. Really, really, really cool. Amen. You ready to be healed? Hallelujah. And again, she puts her hand there, and your focus goes right there. And by the way, your shoulder's perfect. <laughs> I saw you back there, you know, trying to slip up a healing without letting me know. Okay? That's not going to work. Okay? Okay? God's doing it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 So how come you smacked her in the head? Because she needs a good smack in the head. I've been here before. <laughs> Amen. Wow, thank you, Lord. Who in here came saying, I, I trust he's going to pray for me today, right before we leave? Come on up. Those of you that have your hands up, come on up, and we'll pray for you, and then we'll be done. <laughs> come on right over here. You know her? You don't know her, do you? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, don't fall far from the tree, does it? <laughs> no, no, I don't think you're that, that crazy. Amen. But there's a little bit of DNA in you, amen, that came from her. <laughs> you know, some of you just needed a good laugh this morning. The whole time I'm preaching, you're just so serious. You strained your neck because you're just so serious. You might as well just, just laugh a little bit. Just enjoy the Lord. Don't be weirded out about anything. Amen. You say, oh, my God, we don't do this in my church. You're not in your church. You're here. We have freedom to be in joyful and to let the Lord touch us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I know she likes to laugh. I've seen her before. But that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Amen. Hallelujah. What do you need? Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, anxiety is something that's a choice. You know, the devil will come to oppress, but it's a choice. It's a choice of perspective. 
The things we talked about today would make me want to do what your mom's doing, laugh. And then where the anxiety goes? Well, you can't find it, right? Because the perspective changes. The world is set up to give you drama. Does anyone agree with that? The world will give you drama? Are you going to take it? Are you going to buy into it? Do you know how quick you can go from zero to about 60 miles an hour faster than the fastest cars with drama? I mean, one minute there's peace, just next minute everybody's just on edge. Drama. You got to recognize those are, those are things that the devil brings. That's society. That's not us. That's not our life. We're, we're full of peace. So in the wonderful name, hallelujah, the damage is repaired. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the anxiety, it flees, amen, and leaves you today. Hallelujah. Just because the anointing of God is rich and powerful. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You'll be, you'll be just so glad today for what was done right then. Yes, what about you? Right now, it's painful to stand, all right? Can you count to 10 in German? Shoot. Hey, hey, any other language than English? No, sir. Oh, gee, where's your tough self? Amen. Amen. Can I ask you a question? Is it possible that just standing here for a second and God's presence now coming on you? And all you need is just one touch of God. Like you get anywhere near him and things like back pain and then the nerves bringing any type of damage and uncomfortableness to your legs. Those kind of things just like melt away. That's like a snowflake in the middle of a sunshine. It just doesn't have too much of a chance of sticking, right? Wow. Thank you, Lord, for doing that right now to you and setting you free. I think you need to move those legs around a little bit and see what the Lord's doing for you. Right now. And that's pretty cool. You could tell the difference right away, can't you? Yeah, amen. Well, then I'd stay here for another second while we're ministering and just start to pick those legs up and move around uh, because as good as it's gotten, you'll go back to your seat without anything. All right? Amen. Yes, ma'am. Be right with you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. What's wrong with the organs? Okay, all right. Now, the earthly, she's talking about, you know, her organs and possible disease she's inherited. But remember, this is for you, remember when Jesus came and touched you and you were born again, your genetic code was altered by a foreign substance called God. Huh? I want you to see this. I said this to the, to the guys yesterday, and, and, and I know it was a little deep, but at the same time, a pretty interesting thought. Remember back there before the flood? The devil's angels had, had intercourse with women and produced a race of giants. Now, the, the how-to and all, I'm not even going to go there. But did it happen? Yeah, it happened. That's where the Nephilim came from. Was their genetic code altered by those demons? Yep. Were they purebred pure or pure-blooded humans? Nope. So then let me ask you a question. 
You become born again by the Spirit of Almighty God, and He comes to live in you. You don't think your genetic code is altered? See, she's, she's considered that her family inheritance and the DNA of her family has caused her organs to have the possibility of being diseased because it's in her family. But when she gave her heart to Jesus, her genetic code was altered by the Holy Ghost. In other words, her DNA is no longer like it used to be. Her DNA has so much of God, whoo, so much of God in her that literally has the power to drive out every sickness, kill it, for her to live the rest of her days free from all disease today. That's what just God just did for you, honey. Amen. I could see you took that completely, didn't you? Amen. It became a revelation to you. Oh, my God, I'm not of my parents. I'm of God. My genetic code's been altered by the Holy Ghost. My DNA's not the same. What's in my DNA? God's in it. Can there be any disease in that DNA? No. Don't come with disease. It comes completely free. <laughs> All the symptoms will disappear over 24 hours. You let Pastor know. In 24 hours, your symptoms will disappear. Like as though you never had it. Amen? Will you tell Pastor? Praise the Lord. Come on, just a couple more people. We're almost done, and it's 12 o'clock. The Baptists have just gotten out. <laughs> so I did get healing on my shoulders, but God was speaking to me, and he was like, come get something for your neck and your back as well. Amen. You've had problems in the neck and back? Amen, brother. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we demand that neck. Yeah, that's it right there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just relax for a second, and then you can experiment with that. Brother, if there's anything else that you need, in Jesus' wonderful name, you just take it right now, just like you did your stomach. Hallelujah. Do you have to work at this? No, you can pretty much just stand there like you're not doing a darn thing. But inside your heart, you're as wide open as can be. And as wide open as you are, it means God's got liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it going to be changed today? Is it going to be based on your ability or just yeah. Him? It's not going to be based on how many scriptures you read, just based on Him, right? Yes, on Him. Just on Him. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you for the joy of getting out of the way, sitting down and watching the show of how you can put this body back together and the joy of God in this heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for it. What about you, hon? I just wanted to say today. Amen. Something that I know why yeah. I have more strength. Put your hands back just like this. Wonderful. Well, amen. Amen. The moment I went to pray, the power of God started going right into you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, glory in Jesus' name. We're authorized in that name to make a demand that there'll be nothing that won't be left out this time. Everything finished not just believed upon, experienced in Jesus' name. Isn't that why you came? Hallelujah. I tell you, that power went right in you. That's so good. Amen. You did so well. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're done with that. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, Lord. Wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, just like a greasy spot, my hand leaves a residue of God's presence. And you'll find in the next 24 hours, it'll be like you can't 
find anything wrong in your body. And if that's so, and it will be, then you'll know you've been healed and set free. And the moment you say, that now is mine, based on my faith, based on my conviction, you'll never have to have it again. Thank you, Lord. Wow, that's awesome. What about you? Someone on our live stream asked me to come up and <laughs> ask you to pray for them. Her name's yeah. Tracy. She didn't say what for. Yeah, all right. Well, you put the phone down right there and put your hands like a prayer. And I command Nancy in the name of Jesus. Now, this is not Nancy. <laughs> we had that discussion yesterday. Huh? Just making sure, making sure I don't want to leave any room for doubt. Okay? This is not Nancy. All right? <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that too. But Nancy, we just make a demand of God's heal. In fact, Nancy, check yourself right now while you're listening to us. For God just invaded your room. Remember we talked about that. God came, just came, just invaded your room, just did what you needed done. Check it and see that you're healed indeed in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Not only are your lungs healed, but what else? Oh, my sister sent a text to come up for Your sister sent a text for you to come up for her. Put your hands like a prayer. That's how that works. Amen. So she's got something wrong with her? Amen. Well, I command that to leave, sis, in Jesus' name. And Lord, just the faithfulness of this sister to come up for her sister. We make a demand that the power of Jesus Christ resurrect this lady wherever she is. Set her free in Jesus' name. Amen. Lift your hands for just a moment as we praise the Lord. Father, thank you so much. Thus, God, being determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it in an oath whereby it's impossible for God to lie, securing our hope with an anchor of the soul. And he went in behind the veil to make it good. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us hope in such measure that faith is easy. In your precious name we pray. Say it with me. He, God, uh, we love him because he what? First loved, say it again. We love him because he first loved, one more time. We love him because he first loved us. Every head bowed, every eye closed, give me 30 seconds. Is there anybody in this room? I wouldn't think so, but possible there's a visitor. And you could say with an uplifted hand, I've never received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm not necessarily understanding everything that you're doing here this morning, but I certainly like the authenticity of it, the realness of it. And I want to know the God that you know. Is there anyone in here that would lift your hand and say, that's me this morning. I'd like to be prayed with to receive Jesus into my heart. Would you lift your hand right now? And by doing so, it allows us to recognize you and to pray with you. So that before you leave, you can go home skipping and jumping and shouting that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you with no hands being showed that you'll take simple things that were said today, healings that were manifest today, and if you will, just put a fight back in our backbone, a joy in our heart, 
as to the authenticity and realness of Jesus Christ. And may we never forget it in your precious name, I pray. Amen. Pastor, if you'd come. Hallelujah. You want to get up? right afterwards, okay? Hey, Jim, just take a moment. Never stand in for Satan. Yeah, yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo, glory, glory, glory. I know you'll help me. Come on up. As much as I recognize you guys and love you and appreciate you, I'm terrible with names, so Jessica, put your hands just, just on her belly, all right, right there. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. One, well, that's it right there. In the name. I make a demand. Wow. Glory to God. Father, I'm telling you, if we could get her on the phone right now, she's actually having an experience with the Holy Ghost. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Wow. Lord, thank you for putting your hand on this. In Jesus' name. Amen. And a turnaround of such healing has come today from something so simple. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. That was really good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. There's a difference between just going visiting someone and praying for them and when you know the tangible presence of God is here, let's take advantage of it here to make the most of the moment. We're going to receive an offering for Jim. Make out your checks. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.